0: Hey, it's Jim and this is Prosaic Mosaic. It's been a little while. thought I would uh, reach out and see how you all have been doing. I want to try something a little bit different here today with this episode. As anybody who occasionally listens to these things understands, I don't structure them around any particular topic. I just sort of Verbally meander around different things that are of interest to me at any given time. And after an hour and a half, up to three hours, I'll just, you know, cut it off out of respect for the listener's time. I want to try and do this one with a singular focus and maybe be a little bit more personal than I usually am. So I, I always say that I initially started this whole podcast just as a way of killing time early on during the pandemic when shelter in place happened. And I needed some sort of activity to keep myself occupied and, quite frankly, sane while we were all sort of holed up and not in contact with other human beings as much. And so it was really just a way for me to you know, ramble about whatever was of interest to me just to kill some time and to potentially talk about things that other people might find interesting. Now that was, that's the primary reason was I want to share things and kill some time in the process. The secondary reason, which I haven't really put forward is that while I don't put this front and center, I did want to put myself out there and talk about myself and have little, it's not the focus of the episodes, but there are pockets of vulnerability buried in the hours and hours of content I've released in this podcast, and I wanted that to be out there because I sense there's a whole lot of anxiety out there in the world, Uh, and that was true even before the pandemic hit. I think the pandemic just made all of that worse. And so I do share of myself occasionally, and in small ways, as a way of kind of saying, if you're listening to this and you're out there, if you've somehow found this and you're listening to this all the way through, here's something I'm struggling with, here's something I have struggled with, maybe you can identify and maybe it makes you feel a little bit less alone. And so that is what I want to talk about today. I want to make that the focus of this episode. And right now, I am somebody who self-identifies as an asexual. Based on the title of this podcast, you probably have concluded that that's what this is going to be about. So I'm going to focus on that, and I say this largely in part because I have... I've been aware of this only for maybe a year or so. It hasn't been long. For somebody who's 39, I have not been operating with an awareness of my lack of a sexual orientation for very long, and it has caused a whole lot of confusion up to this point in my life, a whole lot of misunderstanding, a whole lot of darkness lot of uh, just being lost and wandering around and trying to make sense of something and not understanding that there's a very very large piece of the puzzle missing and to the extent that I've engaged with the community like gone on and read the asexual or asexuality reddit or I've gone to one asexual support group I, I have been, generally disappointed with what I have come across in terms of the support that you can find out there. And so my my concern is the intended audience for this would be maybe you're confused about your sexual orientation. Maybe you think that you don't have one. Maybe you're questioning and you really think that there's a distinct lack of sexual desire. So you think maybe... I fall under this big umbrella that is asexuality. I want to talk a little bit about my story and my experiences so far in the hopes that they might reach somebody who's out there who's in a place where they're not, where they don't have a support system, uh, that validates who they are and may not may not accept what they say or is completely unreceptive to the very idea or maybe a person who feels like they can't divulge that information with people around them because they would be completely ostracized. Uh, if you're out there and you're thinking, okay, I'm kind of confused and lonely and I don't quite know how to move forward with this information, this is, I'm talking to you and i want it to be made clear at the outset that none of this is intended as advice uh i am not a therapist or a clinical psychologist i have no background in such things i'm not qualified to give advice i can't tell you what to do because wherever you are your situation is probably radically different than mine and so i really i really can't tell you what to do the only thing i can do is say here are the circumstances I have been in. This was my experience. This is how it sucked. And if you can relate to that, then great. But it's meant more as I'm offering this just to say to people out there that you're not alone. And I'm less attempting to lash out at the rest of the world for whatever shortcomings I think it may have. And I'll cover all of that in a little bit more detail. I think the first thing is the label. Uh, that The first thing I would have to talk about, what exactly do I mean when I say that I'm an asexual? What I would have to say is that at this particular moment in time, that is what I self-identify as. It seems that I have a decided lack of sexual desire, a lack of sexual drive, a complete lack of any desire to seek out that kind of engagement. And that seems to be a common thread through most of my, at least since I was in high school and became aware of girls and started pursuing something like relationships with them sex was one of those things that was never really interesting to me. It never really struck me as being the goal or even a thing to be enjoyed if you were in a relationship with a person. It always struck me as being something like you do it because it just goes with the territory. You know, when I got out of college, I had to move out of my parents' house, get my own place, get a job, learn how to support myself, and I didn't do that because I necessarily would have chosen it. You know, I, I, I don't know how much, I don't know if I would have stayed with my parents much longer, like I think I wanted out, but there are some things you do because the time is right and you just have to move into the next phase of your life, and, and I embraced many aspects of adulthood as early on as I could, just because I I knew there was no benefit to putting it off. And I kind of felt like that was, to me, sex seemed like one of those things. It seemed like, okay, even if it's not something you really want, if you're in a relationship with somebody, this is just part of the package. You do it, even if you don't have to, because that just goes with the turf. There is no other way to be. The whole idea of a person being asexual was really not as prominently known when I was in high school. I really didn't ever know that was a thing you could be. I didn't know that was an option, you know, you could fill out on the form. (laughs) Um, So I didn't know. Uh, Early on in high school, I do remember having an interest in girls and in some girls in particular, and that was never really a sexual interest, and to be honest, that wasn't something I was interested in. I remember pursuing women, going after them and saying, okay, I'm going to go through the motions of I'm interested in you romantically, and I might like to date you, but I can remember pretty much in all of these situations getting to the point where it was I'm alone with the girl and she's sending all the signals and it is my job as the man to make a move. Like she's clearly saying, you know, if you're going to do it, now is the opportune time. You know, that, that was always very, very obvious to me. I, I was aware that I was getting that message. After spending a certain amount of time with a girl, we end up alone and it's like, okay, if you're going to make a move, now's the time. At the very least, this is when you should broach the subject and ask about it. If you're going to, you know, be like a a grade schooler about it, you know, say, hey, uh, can I kiss you? (laughs) You're going to be like that. Um, But I I didn't even want to do that. And it wasn't, it's easy to like misremember things in our favor, but I don't feel like it was me being chicken shit. It wasn't like I was afraid of rejection. It's that I saw where things were headed and I wasn't interested in where that trajectory would land me if I followed it. So it just sort of led to some awkward sort of situations where there was some tension like you should be doing something and the whole thing sort of just diffused, Uh, you know, without anything happening. It just fizzled so to speak a kind of an awkwardness eventually split go our own ways and so I, I was i was going into these situations with the right intent like i was like i i'm not interested in this person sexually i'm not interested in sex but i'm going after them i'm going i'm going to go through the motions here because i assume that when the time comes the desire will strike me I just have to put myself in that place, and then suddenly I'll want to. But I won't want to in advance. And the thing is, after it took maybe half a dozen times in high school of realizing that's, that desire is not going to materialize. You know, you're, you're, it's, it's not going to suddenly happen for you. And so I, I was not never really sure what to make of this. I just said, well, maybe you're not there yet you know it it's high school people always talk about how they're having sex in high school but really no one is you know people exaggerate and everybody wants to feel like they're they're fitting in but uh college I just sort of punted on the whole thing for reasons I won't go into like I didn't I wasn't really interested in it and really it, it wasn't like I was being put into situations where freshman their year there was a few situations where I ended up with a girl and it was something similar to high school, but like, like I probably could have made a move if I'd wanted to, if I had taken the initiative, but I didn't because I didn't want to, uh, even though I was getting the signals. And you know, like a girl says, Hey, I'd like to, let's go back to your dorm room. Let's go back to my dorm room. And I'm thinking, great, this is, we can, we can hang out and talk. You know, I just want to I just want to talk. I just want to hang out with somebody uh, who I find interesting. But I'm pretty sure that the girls had other things on their mind when these invites were dropped. But so college was pretty much the same. And it wasn't until my senior year that I really met somebody who I felt was worth. OK, I'm not sure I'm interested in this, but I'm going to go. With, I'm going to I'm going to go with it because that's what you do. You're a grown up. Grow the hell up. You're a senior in college. Might as well start this whole thing. And so that's that's basically what I mean when I say asexual. There's this lack of sexual desire, like no real desire to close the sale, so to speak, in any of the formative situations that I've been in. And it's pretty much been that way my entire life. I've I've done it in relationships when I feel that I'm supposed to because you do what you're supposed to do but it's never been something that I've genuinely desired and so when when I say asexual that's what I mean now there's a whole lot of emphasis placed on labels and what they mean I I don't actually know what subcategory I fall into. I, I went to a support group online earlier this evening and I had been once before and people were throwing around, you know, like allosexual, asexual, demisexual. There's a whole vocabulary to this that I'm not familiar with. And to be honest, I don't, I don't have an inclination to learn the vocabulary right now. I think asexual is about as far as I go. If there's qualifications to me, um, I haven't really figured them out yet. And if I knew what they were, I'm not sure I would I'm not sure I'd be interested in figuring out what the label is so I could self-identify. There hasn't been a need for that. There hasn't been a desire for that. I, I functionally know what I am and can describe that in English. But I haven't found like the the correct term for it. And I haven't learned what all of the terms mean. Because, again, there hasn't been a need. I think maybe if I were on the dating apps and looking to meet other asexuals, understanding this vocabulary would be of use. But so far, it really hasn't been. And I think that brings me to my first point. And it's a caveat of sorts. And it's kind of a point of confusion for me. Because I, I, I went to, I went to the support group a couple of times, and I've been browsing Reddit. And what I find is that people, people struggle to come out, as it were, to their friends, or to their family, or coworkers, or strangers they've just met, or acquaintances. I've never had this problem. This this has never been a problem for me. And it is very, very rarely a problem for me. And, I, and I'll mention why. Uh, first of all, I'm, as far as how I regard myself, my identity, like my sexual orientation is way at the bottom of the list. It is nowhere near the top. I would like to be seen as a supportive family member, a supportive friend. Uh, at least competent worker, a diligent worker uh, at, at my job. I'd like to be seen as somebody who is active, who eats well. Like I could keep going on with this list. There, there are, there are, there's a way I would like to present myself to the world, and be seen by others. And my sexual orientation is not part of that. And it's never been that important to me. It it even now doesn't feel that important to me. Like I don't feel the need to surface that information unless it comes up organically in conversation. And the thing is, that's the second point, is that it, when it comes to conversation with people, there are so many boundaries that are between me meeting a person or starting a conversation with someone I know and arriving at the place where I confess my sexual orientation. That there's so many walls there that you would have to go around or go over in order to get to that point that we, it, it doesn't come up organically. So if somebody could say, you know, are you, are you dating anyone right now? And I would say no. Are you looking to date anyone? No, not really. I'm just, I'm just, uh, taking a break. I'm, I'm focusing on myself and my job and, you know, my personal life, you know, that sort of thing. It's, it's like that there's always a better answer to whatever question somebody is, is coming up with, you know, like I, I really don't feel the, I don't know how the conversations could go, but I don't feel like if somebody says like, Hey, are you dating? that my first reaction would be like, well, I'm not, I'm not dating anyone because I'm asexual. How dare you presume that I would be dating somebody? Like it's, the question doesn't seem that out of line. And most questions are pretty in line and they, they tend to demand a different answer. They don't naturally lead to that answer unless you take the conversation there. And again, it's not important to me that people know this about me. It seems like most of the people I've encountered online or off about this issue, they seem to, it seems to be very, very important to them. Like They want to self-identify as asexual and they, they want to be understood as that. They want to be recognized as that or validated as that. And that I understand. I, I I understand that. I understand that need for wanting to be seen, and validated for who you are. It just so happens that for me personally, sexual orientation is not very high on that list at all. And now, kind of going along with this point, I think family is a large one, the whole idea of coming out to your family and saying, I'm asexual, I haven't done this with anyone in my family yet, they they don't know, and to be honest, I haven't told them because there really would be no purpose to that conversation that I can see. And the thing is, it's it's not like my parents wouldn't accept it. It's not like they would be rejecting. I, I think that they would just not care. Like the thing is, the conversations I would have with my parents or my family in general, like as forthcoming as they may be, as open as we tend to be with each other, I wouldn't talk about my sex life with them or lack of, lack of it, you know. This, again, comes back to, you know, I might bring a girl home, Uh, maybe that I'm dating, and maybe we have some arrangement, or she's also asexual or something, I don't know, cross that bridge, but the question about, well, are you sleeping with this girl, that would never come up. There's a, there's a boundary in conversation with my family that this wouldn't... This would never be pertinent information to share with them. And, you know, quite frankly, I could tell them, but I think they would just sort of look at me and say, well, that's great. We're glad you've, we hope you can figure out how to be happy. As long as you're happy being whatever it is you are, then we're good with it. And I really am grateful that I have, Family who is like that. They're very accepting. They would understand anything I told them about myself within reason. But they wouldn't judge it or condemn it or reject it. And that's, I think that might be rare. At least I get the sense that that's not necessarily a granted uh, for a lot of people who are dealing with this and they, they're struggling to tell their parents. So my parents would be accepting, but it, it's not even like it would come up because it's really none of them, they don't regard it as their business as to how I am engaged uh, in the physical sense with somebody that I might be dating or be married to. You know, that is my own business and it's really none of theirs. So uh, again, it's it's, There's no need for the conversation, and it's not important for them to understand or know about that part of me. They would accept it if I shared it with them, but again, it hasn't come up. And I I mention this because the, the support group I went to a couple of times And what I've seen online, it seems very, very important for people to reveal this sort of thing to others and have them accept it. And to be honest, this is the part I I simply cannot understand. As I mentioned, this is, I don't feel an urge to reveal this about myself. It doesn't, it's not really pertinent to any conversation I would have with anyone. And quite frankly, if so, so I'll share this story, and I shared this at the support group this evening. I have a friend who I've known for a very, very long time—probably one of my oldest friends. I've known him since middle school, since sixth grade, which means that we have been in contact, say, at least once a year for the last 30 years. You know, we we we've talked with some regularity. And I forget how it came up when I was having one of my protracted phone conversations with him earlier this year. But I felt the, the, the need to mention this. I wanted to bounce this idea off of him. You know, say like I think I think that I am asexual. And he he balked at the label a little bit, just knowing my history with girls. He was like, I don't think you are. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what you think asexual means. Let's put the label aside. I'm not interested in sex from people. It's something I would do if I had to. I would do it a certain number of times in a relationship if it was part of the, the deal, so to speak. If I met somebody that I loved, I, I might concede doing it just is something for them uh, a certain number of times. But what I'm really interested in is companionship. If I'm gonna be dating, you know, I'm interested in the mental connection. And really, if I ended up marrying somebody who never wanted to have sex again, I think I'd be totally fine with that. That might actually be largely preferable for me. I was like, I don't know if that's, that, that really feels attuned to my entire life experience. And that, that feels right to me now. I really don't know if that's the way it's going to be tomorrow, but that's, that's what I feel right now. And so I explained this to him and he listened. And he is not capricious or unintelligent. He's actually one of the smartest people that I know. One of the smartest people I've ever met. I'm lucky that I still get to talk to him with some Regularity. But he, he said, You know, I, I don't think you're asexual. He's like, I think there's just something you're not dealing with. There's some issue. And I was like, that, Okay, that's interesting. Why do you think that? And so he went on to elaborate. He went on to, to explain his reasons for thinking that. And I listened to them, and it was helpful perspective. It was valuable perspective. But then that was the end of the conversation. And I mentioned this tonight because I when I first went to the support group, there was a whole lot of people talking about coming out to their friends and getting these sorts of responses and being very, very frustrated by them. Somebody somebody actually shared that exact phrase. A couple months ago when I went to this group for the first time, they told a friend or family member that they were asexual. And this person said, I, you know, I don't think I I think there's just some issue. You haven't met the right man yet. There's there's some some underlying thing psychologically that you just haven't dealt with yet. Almost word for word, the same thing. You know, I heard I heard a few of those responses. They all kind of seemed like that. Oh, have you tried this? you know uh, et cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and people were quite frustrated with these responses. And this is again something I can't appreciate. And if this has happened to you recently, if you have shared if you happen to be somebody who is asexual or some variation thereof. And you've told someone about this recently or shared it with a family member. And they have not received it or they've questioned you or said, I I don't think so. You know, I don't think that's what you are. I think you're just rebelling or whatever the excuse might have been. If they refuse to acknowledge or accept what you told them, I'm sorry, that sucks. Because we've all been there in in some way. I think we've all had that experience where we share some deep personal part of ourselves and the other person does not accept it. And yeah, that it depends on what it is and it depends on you, but it almost always sucks. And so what I say here is not in any way meant to invalidate any rejection you may have felt. I am sorry if you've experienced that and that is not the, I am not interested in trying to tell you that that should not have been your inner emotional reaction. I do not mean this in that way at all. But it never occurred to me when my friend said to me, I I don't think you're asexual. I just think there's something you haven't been dealing with. It didn't occur to me to become indignant or frustrated about that at all. Like that, that, that idea didn't even occur to me until I ended up with the support group talking to those people six or eight months later and they were all sharing how frustrated they were by people not accepting or acknowledging this part of themselves, this part of their identity and i came away from that support group meeting thinking you know i why is that you know because there's probably a few different levels to this and i'm not saying that there there are incremental levels there you go from one level to the next and you're getting better or getting worse or anything like that it's not a matter of quality but i could see somebody not wanting to admit to others, not wanting to say out loud to other people that they're anxious about talking to about this sort of thing. They don't want to say I am asexual because they don't want to engage in a potentially conflicted conversation. They, they don't want to face the potential rejection of who it is they are. Now if if, if that's you, I understand because revealing Deeply personal aspects about yourself is, is stressful. And I, I could understand why you wouldn't want to do that. But I would encourage you to start taking steps to work towards the sort of self acceptance, that sort of inner confidence that lets you that lets you put yourself out there and handle that sort of rejection. Take it in stride. because i certainly don't think you should i mean if you have to if you have to be closed because there's an anxiety about the reaction you might get then i understand uh the next level i think might be you actually have the confidence to to reveal it but then somebody is rejecting or questioning of you they they don't accept what you just said and then You get frustrated by this, and you have to start telling, you have to sort of correct them. You have to sort of say, like, what you are saying about me is wrong. You stand up for yourself, and you say, you know, here's what I am. Here is what it means. And it hurts my feelings that you are not hearing me say that. You are refusing to believe what I tell you that you are making statements that make it sound like you know more about me than I know about myself. You know, I would encourage you to stand up for yourself, to get to that point at least. Now, I the reason I did not get frustrated with my friend or have any sort of outward reaction is not because I was being conflict avoidant, but because... I realized in that moment that I know who I am. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what my sexual identity is, what my sexual orientation is. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. And if I tell that to anyone and they don't accept it or they're questioning of it, that is not my problem. It maybe would be preferable to be understood and to be believed and not to be belittled or insulted, uh, if you look at it that way. But that's really not my problem. How other people choose to respond to or react to what it is I say is on them. How it is I choose to respond to what they say, that's that's on me. That, that is what I can control, and that is the only thing I'm interested in focusing on. So again, I wouldn't say that this is, I'm, I'm slowly coming up on 40 years of age. So this has been a very, very long journey of self discovery that I've been on for a matter of years. And it has taken work, real work to get to a level of self acceptance where this is the case for me, where I'm okay letting other people misunderstand me or misinterpret me or sort of cross-examine statements I make about myself refuse to accept because I'm comfortable enough with who I am that I know it doesn't matter if they don't listen to me. It's immaterial. In the long run, it doesn't matter. Now I, I wouldn't say that would have been true five or ten years ago. If you're thinking about sexuality, um your own asexuality, we can we can use a different analogy, so this is this this is one that I actually have some precedent with. As far as like religious beliefs, I am questioning. And I hope to always be that. I hope to be questioning until my dying day. Now I have some concrete beliefs, but I hope that I'm never, I'm not, my goal is to not be so settled into any particular dogma or creed that I just start living my life by that and not asking the questions. The questions seem to be more important to me in terms of asking and seeking than in, in finding The answers. There's more value in that. And that wasn't always true. I have been what you would call a Christian, and I have been what you would call as an atheist. Or an atheist. At least I've, I've been the thing, I've, I've had the set of beliefs that you would put that label on. More than likely, I've taken that label on myself. Now, at this point, if somebody were to come up to me proselytizing and say, you know, you need to find Jesus, you know, they're Catholic, and they say, well, you need to start going to mass, you know, a couple times a week for several hours. Take the um, communion, you know, um, so on and so forth, whatever it is Catholics do. They're very, very adamant that this is something I have to do. Now I don't know who this person is in this hypothetical. If it's a stranger I've met on the street, it's possible I can just move on without giving them the time of day. If it's a group setting, maybe with, with, with friends, and this happens to come up, then I have to be a little bit more tactful. But my response now, and this has come up recently, and this has been my response, is just to ask, well, what do you specifically mean? I want to get clarification from you on, what it is you think I should be doing differently religiously? I want to understand why it is you think I should be doing it that way. Um, I ask questions. I, I let curiosity take hold, and I say I want to understand what it is you're really telling me, because it'd be very easy for me to assume way too much here. And so this 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 is what I would come. I mean, essentially the conversation would probably move on at some point after this. It would be like when my friend mentioned I don't think you're really asexual, I think you are not dealing with something. I asked him his opinion, I heard it, and that was things moved on. Essentially that's what happens. You ask the other person what do you really mean? I want to make sure I understand you. And you say, okay, I've I've heard your suggestion. Thanks Thanks for caring about my eternal salvation or eternal soul. You know, at least you're trying to look out for me in your own way. It comes from a place of good intent, it seems. Now, you can go back five or ten years in my life and point to times when this was happening. I can point to specific instances where somebody comes up to me and says, hey, you need to, you need to accept Jesus and this particular theology of this church that I happen to belong to, and I would lose my shit on them. Like, who are you? To be telling me anything, you don't know me. Who are you to judge? And this is this is all based on sort of uh, I don't know an emotional reaction. You know, it's a frustration, and it was more automatic. It certainly wasn't a conscious reaction. But I've gotten away from that. I've gotten away from. I feel like this person is invading on my personal space from the get-go. And I say, "Okay, well I'd explain your position to me so I understand it. Once I understand it, I just accept it or reject it," you know. Usually once the other person feels heard, they tends to def- diffuse the conversation, you know, uh, pretty quickly. So, I mean, that, that's what I do, and it's not strategic. It's just there's a lack of knee-jerk emotional response that was there with a much more immature version of myself from five or ten years ago. And I didn't know five or ten years ago that I was asexual. So I don't have these stories of confessing to other people to call upon in quite the same way that I do with uh, beliefs about religion and people who try and force their beliefs on you. But it seems to me very much the same. You know, I think that, I think that that should be the goal is what I hope one might take away from this. Because what I have found in looking around online where people are talking about asexuality and in the support group is there seems to be a whole lot of frustration directed outwardly at the world. There seems to be a sentiment that the average person is not aware of the asexual orientation. They're not aware of the various labels and the various meanings that these labels have, like what a demisexual might be, allosexual. There's a whole vocabulary to this that people are just generally not familiar with, and I think it's not a lack of sensitivity, but a lack of need. Or there's a lack of sensitivity and people refuse to accept this. You know, they believe that sexuality is some, some inborn drive that must be universal and that it's inconceivable that ev- evolution might mutate some organisms, some members of a population to not have sexual drive. If there's a genetic component to this, I don't know that there is, but there's a whole lot of ire that you encounter And people say, the rest of the world is not familiar with this, and they shouldn't be. They refuse to acknowledge that we exist. They don't even know that we exist. If I tell somebody what I am, they refuse to accept it, or they question it. And to a certain extent, I empathize with this. I certainly empathize with it if you feel rejected because you told somebody you care about this. But the general broad sweeping statements that I've found online where people are just saying, what is wrong with society at large because they refuse to acknowledge us or be aware of us. This does not seem like a very good route to mental health is i think the point that i would want to make and there's a couple of there's a couple of footnotes here but in brief what i would like to say is that if you're worried about the rest of the world and what it does or does not think i think you're setting yourself up for a lot of anxiety and a lot of a lot of problems I think you are overreaching and trying to fix something that is probably not your responsibility to fix. I would say that I am one of you, and so to the extent that you may have a lack of sexual desire, to the extent that you call yourself asexual, I understand your frustration. I understand that it would be ideal if there was a greater awareness of people like us and who we are, what our desires are. And it would be nice if more of the world was structured to have a greater sensitivity to people like us. That would that would be nice. It would be nice if it, it's kind of like if you're not a drinker, if, if you're just on the wagon. There's... It's difficult to go out and socialize sometimes because that is what ties into so much socializing that happens. And you meet so many people where it's just it's a given that uh, people talk about their sexual experiences, ask you about yours. And, you know, if you if you if you bring this up, you say, well, actually, I'm, I'm not I, I don't have sex. I'm asexual. That can be very, very, uh, if you just put it like that, that can be very, uh, it's difficult to, to mount social situations when they don't have a certain awareness or sensitivity to this. And I, I accept that the world would be easier if that were different. But the thing is, that's not the world we live in. And I have come to accept that. I, for me, it feels, this is going to sound pejorative, but it sounds very entitled. It sounds very egocentric to go out into the world and say, I I expect it to understand me, and if it doesn't, then I'm going to lash out at it as being wrong. The thing is, there's, there's probably a bell curve to this, and there's probably people in the middle who are normal sexually, but there is a very, very broad gradient of sexual tastes and preferences all across the board. Even if you were straight, you were probably not just into normal dragnet sex. You know, where it's just like, okay, honey, I'm going to penetrate now or whatever. You know, like there's always something to it. People always have quirks or kinks, and you have to figure out how to navigate the world around that. And people are not going to accept that. You know, people who have, let's say, a BDSM fetish, for example, if they're into that sort of thing, sadomasochism. I haven't spent a whole lot of time on forums where people are talking about that. That is not my thing. But I can't imagine that they're complaining about how how unrecognized and how unusual their, their, their kink is or their particular version of it. You just, you go out into the world and figure out how to work your way through the world, given that this is a part of you. That's what you do. That's all you can do. And I don't think it is helpful to sit there and say, I think that everyone else in the world should learn how to accommodate me. Because I somehow deserve that. I consider myself to be a unique individual, but I know that I'm just as unique as the next person. So the fact that I'm asexual or call myself that, operate that way, that doesn't make me that special. You know, it certainly would be more convenient if I were normal in a lot of ways because it would be easier to meet other people who I could gel with if I were interested in dating. Now I say that as a person who's operating in the world, as an individual who's out there, who's spent 20 years as an adult, navigating the adult world, this is what I've learned. I've learned that whatever it is about you that makes you unique and whatever it is that doesn't gel with the rest of the world, You accept it, and you learn how to find your way through the world as best you can. And this is what I would encourage anyone to do. Now, I mentioned that there would be a couple of footnotes. There's at least one that I want to call out here, and that is to say that I am very, very aware that when I was in high school, I was not aware that there was such a thing. As an asexual. I didn't know that was a thing you could be. I didn't know you could opt for that when you're explaining yourself, uh, to women you've just met. And it took me a very, very long time to figure that out. And so to the extent that I say it would be ideal if the rest of the world understood this, I mean that. It would, it would be nice I would like to find an appropriate forum for putting this sort of information out there, for putting my story out there for people to hear so that maybe it lands in front of somebody who needs to hear it and they don't struggle for as many years as I did for as long as I did with this confusion with this lack of self-understanding. I would very much would like other people to hear this so that they become aware of it. I would like the world to be closer to my ideal, which is to say that this is something that there is more general awareness of because I think it would result in less suffering. If this was more generally known, there was awareness of it, and it was more generally accepted, there would be less emotional pain out there, and people would find themselves sooner. And I don't know what the right way of going about doing that is, but I don't see value in going into a room full of people or going into a forum on the Internet and yelling about how insensitive the rest of the world is and sort of framing yourself as being a victim in a a cruel world that doesn't understand. Life is not easy for anyone. It's easier for some people than others, but it's hard for everyone. And I would like to figure out how to make the struggle less difficult or less lengthy for other people. And that's part of the reason I'm recording this is because I want to put this sort of information out there. I want to put this sort of story out there in the hopes that the person who needs it might find it. But what I do want to discourage is getting caught up in the whole... So again, I'll tie it to something else. And this is not necessarily the same thing, but there's... There are a couple groups of... They're men's groups, I guess you would call them. Uh, Some of them call themselves incels, which is involuntary celibates. And then there's, like, mogtaus. Can you even say the acronym? Men going their own way. Incels are, in essence, guys who cannot get laid, and they've decided to, as far as I can tell, they've decided to to blame the rest of the world for this. They've decided to blame women for this. Uh, Men going their own way seem to have this narrative that all women are just after money and nothing else. You know, there's this set of broad ah, generalizations that apply to all women. And this is a problem. It's a problem when, for whatever reason, you cannot connect. Let's say you're a man and you cannot find a woman to partake in the dance of Aphrodite with you. It is a very, very dangerous and slippery slope to try to deal with that rejection in a way that says, this is not my fault, it is the rest of the world's fault. It is not something I'm strategically doing wrong in an attempt to meet or land a woman. It's that all women in the world have a problem, and that is preventing me from self-actualizing myself sexually. I can't get laid because there's something wrong with every woman in the world. Now, this is in some ways a self-fulfilling prophecy uh, because if you have this attitude, of course, it's not going to become you. I don't think this is attractive to women. But it's also horribly wrong. Um, and again, not the road to mental health. There are definitely imperfect people out there of both genders and it's easy to overgeneralize these things but if you start blaming the rest of the world for your own struggles that, that again is the problem with that is you're framing yourself as being powerless and that is I think a very dangerous thing to do this, this is a form of learned helplessness saying that whatever it is I do, I'm not going to meet with success, so I'm going to stop trying. And this is the danger of, it's a similar danger for what I see the sentiment is on a lot of asexual forums. Now, again, I want to emphasize that there is is the emotional level. There is, I don't know you, but if you've, If you've experienced some rejection by somebody close to you, I hear you, and that sucks. And I've been there, and we've all been there. But to jump from that, to jump from I had a bad experience and it hurt my feelings, to there is just something wrong with the world at large that is precluding me from being happy. Like, if only it weren't for this then I could be happy you know um, be very very careful if you sense that your mind is going that way because I think that's a very dangerous path to go down all this to say what exactly is the distinction here what is the line I'm not really interested in defending my sexual orientation to the rest of the world. If it turns out that no one in the entire world knows what an asexual is, no one accepts that I'm an asexual, if I if, if really am the only one, okay, that kind of sucks, but the only thing I can really do is deal with that. But I'm not interested in trying to convince any one particular person of anything. I know that I'm not alone in this. I know I can find other people and and lean on them and talk to them about this. And so I know that I'm not by myself. I know it's not as grim as that, but I'm not interested in proving anything to the rest of the world about myself. The only thing I might be interested in doing is trying to take what it is I know and what I've been through and share it in such a way so that it helps someone else. I think I started to go this way, but if, for example, if I were at a job and I sensed that the hiring manager was considering some people uh to hire at the company, and he said, well, we're not going to consider these two people because they're, they, they, I looked them up on social media and they self-identify as asexual or something out there. And it's like, well, I, if I reject them because of that. Now that's an extreme example. That's unlikely to ever happen. But if I'm ever in a situation where I feel that there is discrimination happening, like I'm not sure I would go seek out these sorts of disputes, but if they happen to find me, I'd like to believe that I would stand up for the right thing, say, you know, that's not really right. You shouldn't think that way. And I want to explain to you what an asexual person is. At that point, it matters to me because it affects more than just me or my need for somebody else to have a, a good opinion of me. If, if it affects the outcome for someone else or a bunch of other people, or if it affects the, the precedent that gets set for future generations, then I care. And I, I see value in standing up and making myself heard in those particular situations. Or if I meet somebody who's struggling and they don't quite know where they fit, they don't quite know what to make of their own story, they don't quite know how to move forward with it, then I'm okay explaining myself and telling them who I am because I think that helps them. So we're about to hit the hour mark here. So I think I will start to draw this to a close. But in essence, that's why I've been looking around online. And the reason I've been looking, this is the reason I went to the support group that I found close to me geographically is that I think there's value in connecting with other people and sharing your own inner emotional experience. And I've been somewhat disheartened to find that there's, there's, there's some of that going around, but there's a whole lot more of, so the support group I went to, it, it seemed like people were giving each other advice. And so I did share my story about, I mentioned this to my friend and he said, you know, I, you know, I don't think you're asexual. I think that you're just, you're not dealing with something else. I mentioned this to the group as a way of saying, here is my story. Here is something that happened to me. And to be honest, it didn't bother me because other people misunderstand me. That's really not my problem. You know, my problem is me. My problem is making sure that I understand myself. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of being misunderstood. I'm afraid of me not understanding me. That has caused me more problems over the years than anything else. Me not knowing who I am. you got to figure that out first before you expect other people to figure out who you are or accept who you are. Can't really ask other people to do things that we haven't done ourselves. But so I shared this story and the response to it was roughly, well, you know, that's, that's all well and good for you. It's good that you've gotten to that place. But if somebody said that to me, it would hurt, you know. And so I think it came across as invalidating. Because the whole group is set up, people are giving each other advice. You know, here's what you should do. I think it came across as, you shouldn't have had that emotional reaction. And that is the last thing I wanted to get across. I think what I wanted to communicate was just the possibility that yes, I have definitely been there and I have felt that pain of rejection or misunderstanding But ultimately, isn't the best goal here that we should strive for is self-acceptance? Like instead of what I'm hearing around the room about how ignorant the rest of the world is and how obdurate they are, why not turn that around and, and work on accepting who you are? That seems to be, it's very, very difficult to do that. This is a very, very easy thing to say. And I don't even know how to begin to tell a person, here's what you should do to take steps down that path. Again, this isn't advice, but I would say that I have done both. I have been in a place where I have felt powerless and frustrated because I'm misunderstood and can't quite get myself across. And I am where I am now because... I've made it a point of trying to figure myself out and accepting that. And that has paid bigger dividends than any sort of lashing out for me. Was going somewhere with this. Right, the support group. So I'm interested in connecting with other people because I want to offer this sort of support. I don't want to offer advice I want to offer understanding and again that has been the point of this I don't know you so I really can't say uh, you know I'm sorry that happened to you but there have been there have been plenty of dark moments in my life that have been a direct result of this so I understand and if you're there I'm sorry I'm I'm really sorry to hear about that. And I hope to I hope to connect with some of you, probably not the ones listening to this, but I, I want to find a support group where there is more of a focus on sharing the feelings or acknowledging the feelings. The support group I was in this evening, there was there was a girl who shared wanting to tell her old friends like reconnect with friends from high school or college and she was hoping to reveal this part of herself to them but she was feeling very very anxious about coming out to them and what their reaction might be now what i hear is you have some anxiety i'm really sorry to hear that that must be stressful and my inclination is to try and dig for a story in which i say here is a time that i ha- i felt the same stress or here is something i'm feeling the same stress about and it's only human it's only natural but these sorts of reactions were not cultivated instead it was here is some advice you should do this you know do this to try and shield yourself from that anxious reaction or steel yourself against it. Um, somebody else shared their their sense of, like, I don't know, know what to do with this information. It feels very lonely. And it feels bad to have discovered this so late in my life. And I actually did respond to that person. I said, you know, I'm, good on you for recognizing it and pursuing it and acknowledging it. I'm in in a very similar position. I realized it fairly late in life, relatively late in life. Um, And yeah, it it sucks trying to figure out how to navigate through the world with this new self-understanding. Like, where exactly do you fit? How do all the pieces come together then? And this is... I think she appreciated it, but I'm not sure it landed with the group as well as I would have liked to. At least... Those sorts of reactions weren't the spirit. And so I want to find people I can connect with where I can offer that sort of support. And that's why I'm doing this. I'm recording this because I want to say, like, yeah, to beat a dead horse, in closing, uh, if you're out there and you're uncertain about your asexual orientation or you, you think you may be asexual as a means or Your sexual orientation is asexuality. There. I finally said it right. If you sense that, then it might be a confusing time. And you may have difficulty finding anyone who listens to and understands you. I would say stick with it because you're not alone. There are plenty of us out there. There are plenty of us who have been in that darkness. And I can speak for myself when I say I've gotten through that. And I think that with the right kind of persistence, you will, too. And I would, enc- I would encourage you to, um, to seek support wherever you can. Don't give up. Uh, that's all. This is Jim. This has been Prosaic Mosaic. Thanks for listening, wherever you are. I hope you're well. Take care of yourself and those around you. And until uh, next time, cheers.